And tonight, we are on the subject of the Whisper of Satan, Part 5. So, before we get started into the message, uh, we have, uh, you know, more or less indicated we would try to get um, uh, some of the questions answered, at least one, sometimes two. Uh, but tonight it'll just be one because it's actually quite a, a deep subject and we've talked about it. But I keep getting people, you know, uh, asking, inquiring, wanting more understanding about it. And the question for tonight is, where do we go after death? And, of course, it could even say, well, where do we go if we are translated before death? Uh, we'll put both of those into the scramble. Now, <clears throat> let's see if we can make this clear so people can can really catch the, the essence of it, really get the meaning of it. Uh, you know, like, um, let's talk about a chapter that I just love to talk on, which is um, uh, John, uh, the book of John, chapter 14, and uh, where Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. <clears throat> and I would, I would like to encourage you people tonight uh, that uh, in this um, state of the world, uh, the economy, uh, the wars that rage, uh, the famine that uh, rages, that you be not troubled because you have fastened your faith and your hope and your love in Jesus Christ. In verse 2, in my Father's house are many mansions. Now we know that there actually are uh, stellar terms uh, in regards to the constellations, um, especially those that rotate uh, in their circuits around the sun, where the terms um, mansions uh, are used and even uh, especially houses are used. Uh, but I want to I want to make this 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 um, uh, revelation of thought tonight uh, that it would be very strange for a house to have many mansions in it. Uh, but there is a beautiful thing that is uh, descriptive when it is put like that. And when we talk about the Father's house, house is like where you live and if where you live is a planet and 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 the, and the realms that are around about that planet then that can become your house so that could be the father's planet and realms or you could leave it the father's house if you want uh, and where it says uh, are many mansions in my father's house um, in the manifest peace Bible it uh, translates that to, in my Father's house are many dimensions, many dimensions. And it is very, very important to understand why that revelation is essential. Uh, and we're going to get into that, and it's going to tie into to this whole thing about where do we go after death or in translation and so forth like that. Now, in the um, uh, 
first chapter of John, uh, it says, um, uh, beginning with the uh, 18th verse, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Now we know then that there is a bosom of the Father. And and then let us, uh, without losing too much of your your scriptural places, let us look at Luke and turn to the uh, 16th chapter of Luke. And uh, let's see what it says there, because it is very interesting when it gets into these these bosoms. And so in the 16th chapter, beginning with the 19th verse, said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and far off, and Lazarus in his bosom, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all of this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Now, this is talking about Abraham's bosom. And it is quite a place. It is a place where the angels carry or lead the spirits that migrate from their life on the planet Earth and they go to Abraham's bosom. So it is a place where people are in a state of, of, um, of being uh, prepared for maybe re-ingeneration on earth at another time, or they're in a, a special suspension of, of uh, sleep, uh, which there's a whole story to that, but we, we won't get into that tonight. But then there is also, as I, uh, you know, in uh, John, the first chapter, um, it's, as I read to you, Verse 18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now, we know that in the book of, uh, of the Gospel of John, that uh, there is uh, a very important uh, scripture for, for people to know. This is the 10th chapter, and it is the 16th verse. And Jesus says, and... Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them must I also bring, that they should hear my voice, and there should be one fold and one shepherd. So we know 
that there are two different groups. There is, a, there is another fold that is not the same fold as the sheep that Jesus is dealing with on earth. Because those are all the Abrahamic fold. So all of the Abrahamic fold are all of the folds except the other fold. Now the other fold is the Melchizedek fold. Now the difference between those two folds is significant. One of them has to do with the people that are in the Abraham bosom and they are they are uh, people that live upon the planet Earth, live and die upon the planet Earth. The other fold is the Melchizedek fold. They do not live on the planet Earth, although at times they come and visit and even minister here. And they are the fold uh, that is the Father's bosom, of which Jesus said uh, in the 14th chapter of uh, John, in my Father's house are many dimensions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. So now we get the clear understanding of these two folds, the Abrahamic bosom fold and the father Melchizedek uh, fold, uh, which is uh, the father's bosom and on the other side, Abraham's bosom. And these are two different places that people go to. Well, uh, there is a literal setting for both of these. And the, the literal setting for the Abraham's fold is called the Great Bear, but the proper name for it is, uh, is, is the, the Great Sheepfold. The Great Sheepfold. And that was the original name that was known in the earliest astronomy. And this is part of Ursa Major. And the thing that you can put in your mind to help remember it is it is the realm of the Big Dipper. The Big Dipper. And the other fold belongs to Ursa Minor, which is the Little Bear, or in the proper original language, the Little Sheep Fold. And it can be remembered by the Little Dipper. Now, when spirits leave this earth, they go to one of those two places. Someone says, oh, those, those are, are, you know, incredible distances. They're, they're, they're light years away. Well, you have to understand something. When the Spirit is traveling, and we're going to get into this, when the Spirit is traveling, space is collapsed. Space collapse will collapse to a Spirit. And so the distance that is caused by the expansion of space between planets, between stellar and celestial objects and terrestrial objects, uh, the distance between is collapsed. 
So that makes the distance not very far at all. Now, there are literal, physical persons living at the Father's house. At the Father's house of many dimensions. They live there in certain number of those dimensions, just as we on the planet Earth live here in a certain number of dimensions. Three dimensions, and if you count time, four dimensions. Okay. Now, when the Spirit, though, goes to abide in the realm of the Father's house, it abides in those other dimensions. So when it says, in my Father's house are many dimensions, there are other dimensions that are um, spirit dimensions uh, and are not um, so much physical dimensions as the ones that physical human beings live in. And this is true for both the Father's house and for the Abrahamic bosom. So the Father's bosom, Melchizedek, and Abrahamic bosom, they both have, in addition to their physical realms, a spiritual house, so to speak, of dimensions where spirits go to abide. Then, of course, there is um, the bottomless pit type of thing uh, where this rich person was looking up from, and which is space. And, and, and the lake of fire, that is also space, but, it's, but all, the, all of the matter and mass that is in it is moving into, condensate, into a, a, a great uh, a condensed state and compression. Uh, because it is when the universe is starting to come to a close, and it, it, the Bible says uh, all the heavens will be rolled together as a scroll, and that is the ultimate compression that will happen at the end of the universe. The universe will still be there, imprinted in that high density uh, uh, matter, and and um, have have information that will be imprinted there, but it will maybe stay in that. Uh, condensed state for eons and eternities of time until God brings creators again from the first domain, which is a spirit realm, not a physical realm, and brings them into the uh, physical realm. And they take physical bodies so that they can communicate in the physical realm. And just before he brings them, he does what it says in a half a dozen places in the Bible. He stretches out the heavens. He unrolls the scroll, stretches out the heavens, and and the heavens start having functions of there being, uh, you know, uh, atoms and molecules and eventually stars and planets, etc., etc. This all occurs over a course of time. So, we saw in this scripture that I read to you that there are barriers there's a certain kind of a barrier that keeps uh, anything that is attached to the physical world, even including space, because space is not empty like people think. There's all kinds of energy, you know, like dark energy and uh, dark, dark, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, matter that um, that 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 you know 
are there in space, but just not able to be detected yet to speak of uh, by the human race. So now we have those two understandings. Now, let's go over this. There's Ursia Major, Abraham's bosom, the major sheepfold, the big bear, the big dipper, and there's Ursia Minor, the father's house uh, uh, bosom, uh, Melchizedek, little sheepfold, little bear, little dipper, and they are in a different realm. When you would refer to these, either one of these, you would refer to them uh, as a heaven. And people get very confused when you start talking about heaven. But that's because they don't really have the full vocabulary of understanding the Bible. When you are talking about heaven with a small h, you are talking about a physical a physical place that is in the universe. It is in physical infinity. And um, it is not the heaven of heavens which we call the first domain. Domain, coming from the last word, uh, abbreviated word of kingdom, D-O-M, kingdom being the abbreviation of domain, the king's domain, the Lord's domain, the God of God's domain. That is a spirit realm that has no matter in it. It has no mass of the nature that, that we... Uh, understand or even don't totally understand as far as the physical uh, dimension, the physical uh, dimensions in the physical realm called physical infinity. So then, um, it is very important to have that down because it is an underlying, uh, underlying reality of the facts and, and the absolute uh, truth. So, uh, this thing about the spirit traveling, we're going to get into this later, uh, through space uh, and being able to do it in, in just a flash of time because to the spirit, space is collapsed. Um, uh, and we, we will get into some, to, uh, a lot of different interesting things along that, uh, that subject because um, uh, it, it is just absolutely... Uh, you know, something that God does want us to understand. Now let us look at Philippians one twenty three through twenty four. Philippians one twenty three through twenty four. And this is a very interesting statement, very factual by Paul. So from the book of Philippians, chapter one, verse twenty three it says, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, the other one, the number two, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Verse 25, And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for your furtherance and joy of faith. I can so relate to this statement. I have had the opportunity to be translated to the Father's house. 
and I've had that more than once. And, um, and my wife knows and other friends of mine know that I have refused that opportunity. You can refuse some incredible things. Just like the time that God spoke to Moses and he said, Moses, stand aside. I am going to destroy all these people of Israel. And I'm going to raise up a new people from your seed. And Moses said, if you're going to kill them, then I want you to kill me too. I do not want, I do not want seed raised up from, from my, my DNA. I, I, I want these people. I love these people. And God heeded his word. Um, so you do have some choices. So let's get this again, what Paul says. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ. Now where is Christ? <clears throat> well, Christ, you know, as he was getting through the close of his ministry, uh, in John, um, uh, you know, chapter 14, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And I will come again, verse 3, and receive you unto myself. And basically, he says, I will take you where I am, that you may be there with me. He says, The way you know, well, you know, some of the disciples just said, no, we don't, we, don't, we don't know. But Jesus knew that subconsciously that it was in them. It was planted inside of them. And that the Bible says, if you seek the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has the power uh, to, to bring all things back to your memory. And so God can bring things back to your memory by the Holy Spirit. Uh, that would just absolutely astound and amaze you. And, and almost, uh, sorry to have to say it, freak you out. Uh, but um, the manifest says, that which you see, that which you see is not that which is. What you see is that which is not. And that was one of the greatest revelations I had to learn when I first started receiving the Holy Manifest Revelation. And as we begin to get into these deep import of thoughts, uh, it is just absolutely uh, exciting, and it is ex and, and, and it is uh, astounding. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so we have then the great bear and the little bear, these different const constellations. One the Big Dipper, the other the Little Dipper, and uh, they were named uh, by the Greeks. And uh, there is a word that is confined within the meaning of, uh, of those terms called arkos, A-R-K-O-S. And um, preserved in the Greek meaning of that is the name Arturus or Artura as we use it to describe the Father's house. And there is an alignment between Buotis and, and there's a lot of a um, lot of really interesting uh, things of the future I'll be revealing to you as we get more and more into the revelation of the Father's house about the word boo buotis. Uh, it has a lot of spiritual connections, and uh, uh, and it's about the coming one. 
but it has a lot of deep roots that that are derivatives derivatives of many wonderful uh, uh, revelations. So there is an octavo of pages, as I had said to you once before in one of the last meetings of revelation, and and. Uh, uh, this thing of the Buotes and the star Arturus, and uh, Buotes as the as the star image of the coming one, and the Father's house, Artura, is just absolutely astounding and beautiful, and uh, <laughs> words can't cannot describe it. Now. Uh, mathematically, you know, we have done a division showing the major stock, or flock rather, uh, the big sheepfold uh, with the number 666, which, uh, you know, is the number of carbon, the number of man. And, um, you know, it... it, it uh, it's an actual factual thing that that is the number of man, the number of carbon. And that is really what describes man better than anything as, as a, a mass uh, material. And then we gave the number of uh, Asia Minor, the, 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 the little sheep flock, as, as uh, 334. We add these uh, together. Uh, to get a thousand million equaling one billion. I shared this with you before, but there's other people who want me to go over it again. And uh, if we take uh, that one billion times the Christ ratio number, which is one uh, one thousand, you know, one to one to a thousand, uh, a thousand being the number of Christ, uh, then it ends up with that math against the the thousand million or the billion, uh, it ends up equaling equaling the number of um, as the Bible gives it of the trillion Ophanim angels that fell. So uh, once again, the ma the the major flock, the great flock, uh, is under Abraham's bosom. The minor flock. The little flock is under the Melchizedek father, father uh, and Melchizedek um, uh, bosom, and uh, Urja Major is the home of the Big Dipper, the Big Bear, the Big Flock, Asia Minor, home of the Little Dipper, the Little Bear, and the Little Flock. Now, 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 Paul says, I, I have a desire. You know, I, I, I'm in a strait. I really want to depart and to be with Christ. Well, where is Christ? Christ is at the Father's house. He's at the, the little dipper constellation area on a planet there. And, and he's in the heaven of that, of, of, of that whole uh, realm of being. Because that's a different heaven than the heaven that it told, told us in Genesis 1. And the firmament was heaven. And, and that's a different heaven from the heaven that is the firmament for uh, Arturus, or the Father's house. So when they're talking about heaven, 
They're still they're talking a physical heaven. They're not talking the spiritual heaven. And 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 there is a definite importance. But I've had this very same experience in which I have refused to be translated to the Father's house because I feel that I have to finish my ministry. I have to get the the, the peace Bible uh, uh, printed and all these other books, if at all possible, printed and, and, and get all this word uh, that is all part of this revelation revealed to me by the angel Gabriel many, many years ago. And I've got to get this out and get it published uh, because, uh, you know, that's what my life has been lived for. That's what I, my destiny was, to come here and to, to bring this word. And, and, and I can tell you, and I don't say this in any boastful, proud way, but it's just a fact that, that uh, uh, most often, only once in a thousand years, uh, does there come along a seer prophet who has been given, you know, uh, uh, an insight uh, to the extent of the insight of the Holy Manifest that the angel Gabriel gave to me, which is so voluminous that I still don't have it all written down, uh, although I have books and books and books and books and books, uh, and, and although I have, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds, I mean, over uh, maybe thousands of tapes and videos, uh, and all the blogs that I've done that are on on uh, our uh, website, there's like about 500 blogs, and and uh, including um, uh, various posts, and and then there's getting to be quite a few uh, teachings now that have been done over the broadcast, uh, and there's incredible information on that. If people would only take the advantage to get on there and to learn those things. Uh, oh, how they would be set ahead in so many beautiful, wonderful ways. Okay, that gets us past our question. Now we can go right on in uh, to our teaching, and uh, we have you know, lots and lots to, to cover. Well, in the blogs, we have this blog, which um, is called the Pomegranate Cluster 20,000. And... We talk about there needs to be 20,000 people sign up into that. And then if, if 20,000 people will sign up for that, for that blog, then, uh, you know, I will reveal some of these uh, very um, fascinating and incredible uh, new kinds of math that I have received in this manifest revelation like log just logistical arithmetics, and um, uh, uh, there's, there's just a whole bunch of, of different ones that, that are just full of incredible, incredible revelation. Uh, I, I just, you know, I would think that people would try to get everybody they could to get on there. Uh, you know, we haven't advertised it, and perhaps uh, someday that we will, we do have uh, some possibilities for it to get out to a much wider uh, audience. And, uh, you know, that, that is coming up the road. But now if you will turn for a brief bit into the, uh, the, the book of Psalms, to the 68th chapter. Now I know I've, I've mentioned these things to some of you before. I've mentioned them on 
uh, the broadcast. I've got them mentioned in some of the blogs. But people keep asking because some of the people don't just quite get it. And, and I'm trying to make it as simple and as clear as I can. And in this uh, chapter of, of Psalms, uh, there are a couple absolutely phenomenal revelations that are uh, a, a totally, absolutely uh, important. And um, when it talks about in Psalms 68, um, verse 4, Sing unto God, uh, sing praises to his name, extol him, that rideth upon the heavens by, the, by his name Jah, and, and, and rejoice. And um, um, this is, uh, relates to an ancient uh, Hebrew word called Merkaba, uh, which is basically um, talking about this throne room that exists in this Zith, and is talking about the ride that that the uh, persons or the angels are taking in the you know which is called Merkaba, it's the ride uh, of this person as he's in the throne room or pilot hold of this Zith uh, spacecraft, and as he is in this uh, experiencing the transformings that go along, uh, which we'll, we'll be talking on some of this, Lord Welling, a little later. Um, it is called the, the, the ride of the chariot. And, of course, the, the chariot doesn't mean uh, a, a chariot like that they used in the war battlefields of, of Egypt and Rome and so forth like that. Uh, but it's a term that is held over to explain uh, a, a term that they didn't understand. Um, and so they had to call uh, these things that flew in the air that they didn't understand by things that they could understand. And it's very similar to like when people lived in the horse and buggy days. Uh, they knew what a horse was. They knew what a buggy was. And, and they understood when a horse pulled a carriage or, or, you know, or a buggy, uh, that whole scenario and what the purpose of it was. Well, when automobiles first came out, they didn't know what to call them because there was no horse or horses in front of them pulling them. So they called it horseless carriage. And they used that description for these automobiles before they really understood the word automobile and so forth. And the same way with these uh, flying space vehicles, uh, you know, um, when, when Elijah went up uh, and they, they saw him go up uh, and be taken away and they were expecting this because he had told them he would be leaving, uh, they didn't know what to call that spacecraft, so they just called it a chariot because that's the only thing that they could think of, you know, that, that, uh, that carried people uh, uh, away across the land. And, and it was to them like a flying uh, chariot. So when we... When we get over in the 68th chapter of Psalms um, to the um, verse 17. It says, The chariots of God are 20,000. Now there's 20,000 term. And in our blog, that's called the 
pomegranate, the, the, the pomegranate cluster 20,000. And if you've never read that, you should certainly get into it. And uh, if you go on uh, themanifestor.com, uh, pardon me, themanifestor.org, uh, um, you will uh, be able to see off to the side uh, on the main page where you can get right onto the the, man, the um, uh, pomegranate uh, cluster 20,000 blog. And if you haven't read that, you definitely should read that because uh, it, it it's, it's a challenge and it's an awesome revelation and prediction. So the, the chariots of God are 20,000. Does that mean that that is the total number of spacecraft that God has? No. It's talking about an event. And it's talking about, at this event, how many spacecraft were there. And how many people or angels were in that spacecraft. And what the designations were. So, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. And the Lord is among them, as in Sinai in the holy place. So it's talking about that there were there were captains or are they're called also called engines, but they're you know, they're the people that are the pilots. But one of the names for pilots in the language of those people is engines, and uh, because uh, they really are the effect of the engine uh, being uh, moved by. Their, their their mind synchronizations. And um, uh, so when you get to understand this, this event is talking about at this, uh, over, the, over the, the, the Sinai where the law was being received by Moses and, 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 and the Yaviel Master Lord was there meeting and talking with Moses uh, that there was Hovering over Mount Sinai, 20,000 spacecraft, and there was thousands of angels. Now, the word angel, right there, when you look it up in a Strong's Concordance or where, you know, Young's or wherever you look it up, it is a, a, a term in the Hebrew that is not used in any other place in the Bible or any other time in the Bible for angels. And uh, it, it is um, called, I call it, Shinon. And uh, that's S-H-I-N-O-N, and I put an S on it, Shinons. And that actually is the pronunciation spelling rather than the actual transliteration from Hebrew to English spelling. But I like it, and uh, it, it, it does a job for me. So um, when we understand that these, these uh, angels have been you know, called different names, uh, if we look in Deuteronomy 33, 2, uh, there's an interesting scripture there, and which really relates uh, you know, to this. Deuteronomy um, uh, 33, 2, 
And uh, let's take a peek at that because it's important to, to connect all these things. Deuteronomy 33.2. Okay. And it says... Um, um, Deuteronomy 33, okay, 33, 2, I'm over in 32, so I need to go one more over. Here it is. And he said, the Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Now, he's taught, they're called saints here because you know, angel means means messenger. And so he's actually talking about these people that are from the Father's house. And they, of course, are the offspring of Enoch. Because the offspring of Enoch was taken by a spacecraft before the flood, and they were transported to the constellation of the Little Dipper, and to the planet of Arturus, which is the Father's house, heaven, with the many dimensions. And it is so important to get this down in your mind. Um, Melchizedek, when he was here on this planet, the Bible says of him, he was without father, without mother, without any family, because he was of the other sheep. He did not have any mother, father, brother, sister, family here on earth, because he was born, he was born on Artura, the father's house. And when we that are called to uh, to the the little sheepfold, which is um, a very um, spiritual, very spiritual sheepfold, um, you know, are are strangers here on this planet. We're um, we're we're aliens in a sense, and uh, you know, the, the Bible, uh, you know, the Bible has a history of that. It, it's it's pretty clear when the Bible talks about that kind of a thing. The, the 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 description is just astounding, and um, if um, if people could just really get that down into their minds, uh, they would become they would become absolutely changed into individuals. They would they would they would never be the same again if they really came into seeing this this whole revelation. Uh, and and, and uh, understanding what the Bible is really teaching and really saying, and 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 uh, just really understand it, you know. But 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 uh, uh, you know you're not going to understand all of this just overnight, uh, you know. But the revelation of the Father of Lights is really big, and in Hebrews 11, verse 13. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed, confessed, 
that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. They confessed that. And in this same chapter, it talks in the fifth verse about Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. And before his translation, he had the testimony that he pleased God. And then in the book of Jude, we have it recorded there as, as, as like a prophecy. And uh, it... it uh, it's just absolutely very, very important. Jude uh, 14, verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Abraham, prophesied of these sayings. Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. So this was a connection to Enoch. This was a connection to Melchizedek. And when we understand the other sheep, which is the other fold, the little sheepfold, as being separated from the bosom of Abraham, which is the great sheepfold, the picture of everything begins to fall in place. And uh, we really begin to see a story that is absolutely nothing less than beautiful and incredible. So, I hope that helps you. And just to remind you that Jesus says, as it was in the days of, the, of, of Noah, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, he made that comparison. And it was about two would be in the field, one taken. Two would be, you know, at the mill, one taken, the other left. Uh, he was showing that there was a select, selection that was made. Uh, that there's going to be a selection made in the future, and people are going to be taken. And he tells in Matthew 24 about how that there, that the angels will gather his, the, these angels elect. They're called angels elect in the book of Timothy. And that he'll gather these angels elect, and, and uh, uh, they're going to be carried to the Father's house. Because as it was in the days of Noah... And what happened then? Well, he's saying, you know, in the days of Noah, these, the angels came and they carried the, the offspring of Enoch and they carried them away. They translated them just like they did their father Enoch and took them to the father's house. And there they began to build and, and make a planet. Now, these people have way advanced technology-wise uh, Aircraft-wise, they are way, way, way advanced of the humans on Earth. And, and that's a whole other story. We'll not get into the why, the how, and all that. But uh, it is part of the revelation of the Father's House uh, book. So eventually, you know, these things will come out. All right. Time to move on with this pomegranate cluster. We, we want to look at uh, some, some revelation here about this thing with the pomegranate. So let's look at um, Exodus 28.34. Turn to Exodus 28.34 and let's read this because there's something here worth looking at. And um, just for your information, uh, while I'm in this area of the Bible, 
actually uh, chapter 33. Um, we've got Moses requesting uh, to be able to to see the Lord. Uh, it seems that when you read the text that the Lord is appearing to him and that the Lord is even coming down uh, where they have their uh, tabernacle and, and standing in the door and meeting with them. But when you read this part of it, you realize that there is something different that is happening there, that the Lord is coming down and appearing to them uh, in a photo translation, uh, but not in a complete um, revelation of the image that that he is in uh, as he would be when he becomes uh, twined with the Father. And and so they are seeing him in that because when uh, Moses in uh, Exodus 33, you know, is speaking uh, and uh, and and he's saying, Lord, I want your presence to go with me and uh, 14th verse, 15th verse, if it doesn't go with me, don't carry us up hence. Uh, and, uh, and you know, Moses uh, says in 16, if I found grace in your sight, uh, you know, uh, uh, so that we'll not be separated, uh, let thy people that are um, uh, from, all, from all the people that are uh, upon the face of the earth to be a separated people. And, um, and, and the Lord said, I will do this thing also, Thou hast spoken, for thou hast, thou hast found grace in my sight. And he said, uh, 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 I beseech thee, and this is Moses, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Now, Moses had been talking to the photo translation of Yahweh, but not in his glorified Father God body. And so Jesus says to him, Thou canst not see my face, verse 20, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass that when my glory passes by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand when I pass by, and I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. And so this revelation was when God was revealing to him his glory, which were angels who had been co-owned with him. And he was seeing the back parts, he was seeing these angels, but he was not seeing the first presence of the Father. And the glory of that, because uh, Moses was not spiritual enough in a physical body to be able to, to have that experience and still uh, retain his life. And I just throw that in because we're right there at it, and that's such interesting information. Okay, here we are, uh, chapter 34. Uh, whoops, uh, where are we at here? Uh, oh, we want to be uh, Exodus uh, chapter uh, 28. Uh, you know, if I realized it was that far different, I would have probably not gotten into that. Probably meant. Okay, so here we go. Uh, 28. 
beginning with verse 34. That's how I got into the... Um, but I'm going to start with verse 33. And beneath, upon the hem of it, thou shalt make pomegranates of blue, of purple, and scarlet. Now, he is being told to make a garment for the priest to wear. And there is a sort of like a, a hole at the top of the garment so the priest can take the garment and put over him and push his head through the hole. And um, they had to be very careful with it. They didn't want there to be any tears in it. So it had to be custom made. And then he's describing here that uh, thou shalt make pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet. Now, um, I'm not going to have the time to go through all of the many, many scriptures uh, that I would need to go through to break down all the fine uh, facets of, of definition. But I will tell you this. We know from the scripture that there are patterns and there are, are plans that God has made and given to God's people uh, that are a kind of blueprint uh, for things in the heavens. And we understand from the New Testament that many of those things that were established as articles, divine articles, in the Old Testament were actually shadows and types of spiritual things uh, in, in um, uh, spiritual realms, that they were representative. So those physical things, the weights of, of various utensils, uh, the degree uh, of how much gold or brass was plated upon them, the size, the dimension, there is, there is a message in all of that. And if we were able to, and we are able to, but if we had the time to break it down uh, as to the weights and the measures and the dimensions, as to the message of all of those various items, uh, we would be we would be getting a message that was that was being reveal, revealed uh, that was given in shadow and type. Uh, uh, and that would be compared to looking through the glass darkly. And, and Paul says, when the day comes that you're no longer looking through the glass darkly, uh, you know, because he said, right now, uh, myself and the whole church, we're, we're looking through the glass darkly, and we only know in part. We don't know the whole story. We, we only know that part, which is the physical part. And, and in other verses, it was explained of, the, of that part being a... Um, uh, you know, like a shadow and a type, and because it's in that that dark uh, vision, uh, you know, like like this glass darkly. Uh, but once that is removed, then he says you'll be known as you were known. So you're going to have a restoration of who you were as an ophanim, and 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 you're going to begin to have a mind that that can think like an ophanim, just uh, increment at a time. And as you begin to get into these revelations, then you'll be able to look at these, these uh, signs and shadows and types. And as you interpret them, uh, you change them uh, from the physical glory to the spiritual glory. And, and, and the spiritual glory has a message that is quite different from the physical glory. Uh, people looking at the, at the physical glory, they just saw them as decorations. 
They just saw them as, you know, fancy work uh, that they were doing to make their tabernacle look special and and uh, uh, things along that line. But they had a spiritual message, and that is clearly revealed because when uh, in Chronicles it tells about David receiving the blueprints uh, to give to his uh, son Solomon, it clearly says that he received the, all of those plans and the weights and all of those kind of things by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God revealed that to him. So now, uh, we have to go through the maze, the labyrinth of all this physical infinitive shadow and, and, and types, uh, dark, uh, you know, um, uh, glass, and, and get that translated and transformed into its first presence of revelation. And once we do that, then we begin to read all these different uh, articles, uh, their weights, their measures, their size, their dimension, their uses, uh, their colors, uh, and we begin to get a spiritual understanding of them. So, as we're talking here about, uh, in verse 33, beneath, upon the hymn, now the word hymn is, is an important word, because you remember the woman uh, that touched the hymn of Jesus' garment. And another word, uh, which is a, a proper uh, uh, word uh, that means the same thing, is the fringe of the garment. And uh, so both of those those are very important. And in fact, it's from the Hebrew word fringe. And you can look it up in, even in your dictionary that you get, uh, you know, Z-I-Z-I-T-H, z i z i t h, which um, is talking about the fringe of, of this garment, uh, Zizeth. Uh, we drop out uh, the I and we put the two. Uh, Z's or Z's together, and we pronounce it as as uh, a Zith, and the Zith we say, you know, is the the flying spacecraft that some people call, uh, you know, UFOs, flying saucers, but they are actually Ziths, uh, those that are that the angels of God fly, and and there are some other names like like uh, planetomes and and Zooks. Uh, but um, uh, that that is that is a really important revelation. Okay. Now we read that beneath the hymn of it thou shalt make pomegranates of blue, of purple, and scarlet. The pomegranate is like a tree, and it has these sort of a- apple-sized fruits on them, and when you open them up there's a cluster of all these little pockets all the way through it that has these little sort of hardened but very edible berries uh, that, are, that, are, that are sort of a, a deep uh, strawberry red. And, and, uh, and, you know, they are a very healthful fruit and, and, a, and a very delicious fruit. And uh, they used it for a lot of things, uh, even made a, a fruit wine out of it. Okay, and so we have these three colors um, of the pomegranate, the blue, the purple, and the, and the scarlet. Now, 
in the in the translation that that we are doing of this uh, a sign, this sign, which is a shadow and a type, we are showing the blue to be thirtyfold, uh, and um, and it it would be a representative of a thirty thousand uh, magnitude of insight, and then the purple we are showing to be a sixtyfold, which would represent a sixty thousand magnitude of insight. And scarlet would be a hundredfold, uh, uh, a hundred thousand magnitude of insight. And so this is big stuff. This is getting into revelation uh, that is just soaring, that is so spectacular, so phenomenal, uh, so height-reaching uh, that, that the average mind uh, finds it almost uh, difficult to comprehend. Like the last scripture in the book of, of the Gospel of John, uh, if all of the things were written that should be written, I suppose that not even the world could comprehend it. And the first chapter of John, and a light shone in darkness, but the darkness could not comprehend it. But then the promise that one day, when the the swords have been beaten into plows, and war is no more, that God will make, give a revelation in the age of Ion, when the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth, meaning the people, as the waters cover the seas. And even children, little children, five years old, will be able to read the atoms and the molecules like children reading books today. Awesome things are coming. Praise the name of the Lord. I once wrote this song, and it goes, <clears throat> I don't think I'm in very good voice right now, but wonderful times are coming. Wonderful days are near. Wonderful times are coming. Wonderful days are near and I believe that you know with all my heart and with all the strength that I have I feel the good things that God is going to do and and they're going to be in spite of, of all of the negatives that are out there because David right in the middle of, the, of his enemy being surrounded uh, by the enemy uh, you know uh, he he uh, he set up a table and he feasted, and and uh, he said, "Thy rod and thy staff, you know, will protect me." And though thousands fall on this side and ten thousands on the other side, the arrow will not come nigh me. And and when we can have that kind of faith, we can fulfill, uh, you know, the request of Jesus. It was his asking request: "Be not troubled, be not troubled." That was the request of Jesus. He, like if he was standing and he was looking you in the eyes and you knew he loved you and you knew he was all-powerful but he was full of grace and love and he looked at you and he was saying, I'm asking you this and I want you to do this. Be not troubled. Well, that's, he's asking you people today to not be troubled. Don't be afraid of what's going on out there in the world. Don't be afraid... God is going to take care of you. He loves you. 
He's going to protect you. He's going to provide your needs. He's going to take you through the, the turbulence of the times. And, and, and uh, you are going to come out and things are going to be very good. Okay, let's go on. So now we've got the three colors of these pomegranates just beneath the hymns. And it says, um, under these three colors, the blue, the 30-fold, a 30,000 magnitude of insight, purple, a 60-fold, a 60,000 magnitude of insight, and scarlet, a 100-fold, a 100,000 magnitudes of insight. And, um, and there are um, around about the hymn bells, B-E-L-L-S, of gold between and around them between and around them. So it goes like this. There would be a golden bell and then a pomegranate. Another golden bell and then a pomegranate. A golden bell and then a pomegranate. That would just keep going in that order until it had gone all the way around, around the like circle, like circuit uh, of, the, uh, of the garment, of, uh, which was the fringe or the hem of the garment. And, and there was a very important reason for this. It was a life-saving reason. It was no small thing. And it says, verse 35. Um, well, let's start with verse 34. A golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate, upon the hem of the ro- robe, or the fringe of the robe, around about. And um, it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth into the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not. Now this was a life and death thing. And, and these bells, put in the order that they were, with the weight that they were, the size that they were, when you would walk, the vibration of the body and the moving of the body would cause the bells to tingle a certain sound. And that sound was was a divine emission that could could be heard by by the angels of God and the Holy Spirit of God, and it recognized his right to come into the holy place, and it allowed him to come into the holy place and to be safe from syntonic fire destroying him. And and it is pretty awesome when you can reach. Uh, and uh, a toning of your tuning in whereby you have been able to bring something that is built within infinity is in the physical world but you have put it in such a matching uh, 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 sequence and and such a, a definition of of size and weight um, and and the proper amount of gold uh, with the proper colors dispersed, the proper distance between them to make a perfect, uh, you know, couple of each of those, a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell, and, and not have it to be short and make it all the way around the circle of the fringe or of the hem of the garment. And, and when you have accomplished that, you have accomplished taking something in the physical realm that can be heard and understood and distinguished by the Spirit. And that's exactly what it said. 
it, it exactly says here, you know, uh, uh, that his sound shall be heard when he goeth into the holy place. And it's talking about being heard by the Spirit. You're actually being able to translate something by having this ordinance of perfect designation uh, and being able to follow this pattern, although it's in a physical, uh, done in a physical way, uh, because it is a sort of like like when you have, uh, you know, what is, uh, you say say that you sometimes you play a, a a tone on the piano, and all of a sudden uh, something up on the wall, uh, you hear it vibrating, because it has a sympathetic connection alignment to that particular tone on the on on the piano well when you put these oracles into the exact place that you are given by definition of the holy spirit even though they are put in a physical designation uh, that alignment and and that that following through with a perfect uh, oracle definition allows it to have a spiritual sympathetic vibration and and so it's it's just an absolutely awesome beautiful thought uh of the power of the scope of of what that all means you know and um and it says and thou shalt make a pure plate of gold uh pure gold thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it the engravings of of, of of the signet, holiness to the Lord. There was a connection with these vibrations. There was a connection with these pomegranates of the of the three different colors and of the bells and what those bells represented to being recognized by sound and to being absolutely accepted as a signet of holiness to the Lord. Signet as a derivative of the word sign. It was a sign. So when we think of something that is a sign, we understand that it is, in a sense, a in a coded form. It is representing something. Uh, it, it has an objectivity to it uh, as a symbol or a sign that represents something else. And 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 now we begin to get into uh, the the uh, the paramount and the significance of of the expansion of of the language and the expansion of the understanding of these spiritual orders that God is revealing and that God is giving to us. Okay, so um, then um, uh, it goes on to say, and he shall uh, verse thirty-seven, he shall put it put it on a blue lace uh, that it may be upon the mitre and the mitre is uh, another word for turban uh, and upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be 38 and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead this little band this little ribbon uh, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things we worry so much about the negative things that are going on in the world, the things of government, the things of of um, of people and and political forces, and uh, the significance of uh, of uh, the traffic uh, that goes on 
uh, with people uh, being um, greedy and and uh, diabolical, and we get people get caught up in that, and they spend their whole time uh, trying to solve uh, what they feel are great mysteries. Uh, and if they if they totally solve, you know, the, uh, what that is about, and find out that it's it's some evil person or several evil persons, uh, what could they do about it? What what could they do about it uh, that they couldn't do by just because of that situation? Just have prayer and say, God, whatever this is, you take care of it, and, and not get all wrapped up and caught up and drowned it by you know the conspiracies that although they have they they have uh, may have fact to them, and, and not just be uh, fiction. Uh, uh, that that uh, God wants you to get into the divine government. He wants you to get into the divine helps. Uh, that word helps that was listed with the nine gifts of the spirit is 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 a, is a gate of the mind, and it goes out into all kinds of possibles, all kinds of possibilities. And the governments is another gate. And it goes into all kinds of other, uh, you know, uh, very, very important uh, uh, revelations of rank and hierarchy. So it is so definite and important for people to begin to to, uh, assimilate this kind of thinking so they can really understand what the Word of God is is saying. Now, when they talk about this little... um, uh, ribbon, blue ribbon coming down over the forehead. The forehead is very significant. It's significant of the third eye ministry. It's significant of the forebrain, uh, which is a very special, important brain that that uh, has capability of of uh, of you know futuristic uh, intellect. Uh, it 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 is very important. And the turban uh, with its long lace and and its windings. Uh, there's a lot of spiritual significance to a turban. Uh, I'm not interested in wearing one myself, but if God told me to, I guess I would. Well, I mean, I would, period. But but I, I wouldn't be very happy to have to wear a turban. But there are people that are happy to wear them, and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm not about to condemn or, or knock any race or any religion uh, because Jesus said, don't judge. You know, don't, don't mess with that. Don't mess your time around judging. He says, that's my job. I'll take care of it. And I do know this. The manifest says that... Um, and this is very uh, very wonderful uh, that 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 we are not to seek vengeance uh, that we are not to judge that we are to allow uh, the Christ uh, person to to do any judging and and to handle the visions the vengeance thing because uh, when God through Jesus Christ is involved in that. He he is the only one that can get, that can translate venge, vengeance and wrath and anger. He's the only one that can translate that into love. And so, uh, why would we want to go out there and fumble it up and turn it into some kind of a war or a killing or, or a, a, a hatred or a spew of defiance? When we can turn it over to Jesus, he said, my, my burden is light. Give me the job. I'll take care of this. You know, there's a song that goes, leave it there, oh, leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And that's what I think that some of you people need to do. 
Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave them there. Turn away and walk away from them. And, and just trust God that God's going to heal your loved ones. That God's going to take care of these these improper modes of government operation or political operation or these conspiracies or whatever they are. The people that are out there, you know, uh, uh, cheating the, the, the public and putting poisons into the food and into the water. Whatever they're doing, God can change that. He can, he can deal with it like he did for the children of Israel. He can wipe out a, a whole army of, of crooked, uh, evil individuals in, in just a blink of the eye with a few germs. And, and uh, you know, if you tried to go out there with a, a, a mob of radicals that believe like you did and think you're going to shoot them down, you're going to have maybe uh, half or two-thirds of your people that are supposed to be Christian believers end up dead. And, and for why? When you could turn it over to God and to his angels. And, and the Bible says the stars of heaven will fight for you. Blessed be the name of God. It's exciting, you know. So, Turban, yeah, there's a lot of meaning to that. I won't get into that today, but I will one of these days tell you the revelation of the turban and, and what that means, uh, that binding up uh, symbol uh, of the energy uh, emanations uh, from the, the hemispheres of the brain. And and this, uh, this little uh, blue ribbon coming down over the forehead and how that, that connects it uh, to those of what Jesus said to the forces of, the, of darkness. Don't touch any of the people uh, who have the, uh, the mark of the Lord in their forehead. They cannot touch them. And this mark of the Lord in the forehead is all tied into that turban revelation, that little blue uh, you know, uh, uh, ribbon coming down across the forehead, the third eye, the mark of, of holiness. Uh, praise God. Exciting. And we are just beginning to really get into some stuff here, you know. And and it shall be upon Aaron's head that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things. Now, this is a most incredible revelation. Uh, people are so worried about the wicked things out there. But in order to get into the holy place with God, in order to get into a place where you are modulating and you are translating and moving up that 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 lattice ladder of life uh, uh, closer and closer to the things of God, uh, what the revelation to Moses and Aaron was was that uh, Aaron had to go into this holy place, you know, and and have this this forehead uh, ribbon. Uh, coming down from the, the mitre or the turban, uh, and and to go in there, uh, and, and that he could bear, that he could be a proxy, that he he could uh, be a proxy for the iniquity of the holy things. And and, and that is the most serious thing of all. Uh, you know, you could do all kinds of of horrible, absolutely uh, uh, disastrous, uh, evil things. Uh, and you you won't you know be uh, uh, just wiped out from the presence of God for it, but if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, uh, you know it says you know you'll be you'll be out not only in this life but in the worlds to come, and and so uh, the holy thing is what you really want to work on, and, and and there is an inequity even today that is going on about holy things. 
there's an, an iniquity of how people are teaching some of the of the things in the Bible. Uh, uh, they, uh, some of these things that I hear uh, just are so uh, astounding that that uh, evangelists would be preaching these things. Uh, that sometimes I am amazed uh, beyond anything that is of reasonable reckoning, because it 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 just astounds me uh, that that uh, these people would teach some of those things uh, to the public, and and it's so misleading and so getting people off. And there needs to be those who are willing to stand in the gap. You know, it, 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 we don't need to go out there and knock these uh, uh, preachers and evangelists. They don't need that. We don't need to go out there and condemn them. The Bible says that Jesus was sent into the world not to condemn the world, but to bring them unto salvation. Now, that is the ministry, not to go out and condemn the world, but, but as Jesus said, to, to bring this gospel, to bring this deliverance, to bring this healing, to bring this, this word of charity, uh, to, to bring the love of God uh, to the people. That is the message. And so in the meanwhile, you have to have people that are able to make petitions because the Bible says that if, as long as the person has not sinned the sin of, you know, like the second death, uh, that you can make a petition for them, and God will answer that petition. God will redeem them from death. God, God will redeem. There's anything is possible uh, uh, with those petitions that it promises uh, that that uh, we can have if we just will follow. Uh, you know the word of God. We, we, we've got these. We've got these promises in in the Bible. It's absolutely a sacred word of God. And and why why would we want to um, you know to, to lose that? You can find that in First John five fifteen, and it says, and we know that if He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death, and I do not say that you should pray for it. That's in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just not making this up out of the air. These things I'm telling you about are powerful, powerful things and, and the, the power to forgive is all part of the kinsman-redeemer uh, doctrine that the manifest teaches and, and uh, you know and, and these are important things to know and we're going to try to get more and more of these different um, doctrinal teachings like that out. Uh, we've got a new um, uh, another new uh, website uh, you know, called the Peace uh, Manifest Ministries, and uh, that's coming on soon. It's absolutely a beautiful website, and it's going to have uh, more and more of the doctrinal things, like you know the transaccumulation and and uh, many other beautiful teachings. Uh, you know, called uh, disallowing, and uh, there, there, there's just many awesome teachings of, of the Manifest Revelation. And we want to get those out where people can read and study them and apply them to their to their lives. So it it is a beautiful and exciting time. All right, listen. We're back to the book of Exodus. Uh, we're back to um, you know uh, uh, ver- chapter twenty eight, and uh, we're going to read uh, again this this uh, important scripture thirty eight, and it shall be upon uh, Aaron's forehead. 
that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things. Are, are, have you ever thought about bearing the iniquity of the holy things? Have you ever thought about that? You know, all these people like Aaron, Moses, all these people, they're just similitudes, you know. And, and, and we can all move into uh, those kind of places and, and operate as proxies as long as we can do it by the leading of the Spirit. And, and uh, uh, you know, this power to be able to go in and, and uh, to be involved in uh, bearing the iniquity of the holy things. Uh, uh, there is so much going on in the church world. We need to support the people that do believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior. We need to support those people. You know, that there is that common denominator that we have with those people, even if doctrinally there's a differences of belief. If we have that mainline thing that we believe Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that's powerful. And we need to support these people, many of them who are really dumping some stuff out on the on, on the on the church market right now, you know, because you know, they're wanting to come up with something new. Uh, they're tired of the uh, of the third grade religion that just keeps repeating itself. Uh, they've never been able to really understand the scripture where Paul taught and said, you know, uh, therefore leaving the uh, foundations of the principles of the doctrines of Jesus Christ, the laying on of hands, the baptisms, the resurrection, etc., etc., let, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again those same, same works. And not that we will just destroy them and never use them again, uh, but but you know we can they'll be brought out and used uh, when the time uh, uh, is necessary for that to happen. But God wants people, and that's the word revealed through Paul is a sensational word uh, about going on to, on to perfection. And, and you know some people you know they want to just hammer on those same uh, fundamental points over and over and over and over again. Well, there are people out there in the religious realms that they recognize this third grade uh, limitation of, of, of total repetition of teachings. And, 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 and you know, they're bored themselves. Uh, but, they, you know, they're launching out and they're touching, you know, into New Age and they're touching into all kinds of other, uh, you, know, uh, you know, foreign doctrinal uh, concepts. And they're mixing it all in. And, and, you know, some of them are just coming up with deadly uh, concoctions that they're feeding to their church masses. And, and you know, we need to hold those people up in prayer that God will, will uh, purify their teachings, will purify their hearts, will purify their minds, will, will come into their, their, their spiritual life, their family life, will come into their church body, and will begin to deal with these people uh, to, to come into an understanding uh, uh, that they only want to present those things that, that are from the Spirit of God. And they want the Spirit to reveal them, uh, you know. And, and they need, you know, to look out there. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to build a church. I, I'm 73 years old. I paid my dues. I, I pastored my first church when I was 16, preached my first sermons when I was 7. I paid my dues. 
I, I spent untold hours with people in, in the church world preaching, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of messages. And, and, and I, I have spent time praying with people and, 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 and doing the, the works of the, of the gifts of the healings and, and on and on and on. And now God has me ministering on the Internet. And, and doing Gentile and some of these other things and getting out this revelation. I'm not trying to build a church. I'm not looking for millions of people to follow me. Uh, I would be a very happy person to have ministers, uh, you know, just come in and learn these doctrines and then go out into their church, into their ministry, and, and go out there and minister it, you know. And and uh, uh, if, if if they would just be... Uh, spiritual enough to not, you know, to not feel like uh, uh, that they can't receive something like this from a person like me, uh, because I don't have any any desire to take anything away from them, and uh, I'm not trying to build up anything to give me fame or to, or to make me uh, have financial uh, uh, excess or or you know I'm just happy God supplies my needs and that we get what we need to you know keep uh, all the the, the work that we're doing uh, of printing and, and uh, publicizing and and uh, radio broadcasting uh, together. Anyway, my intention was not to get on that, but uh, uh, so so uh, let's pray uh, and and let, let's uh, you know let's 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 bear this uh, the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel says shall hallow in all their holy gifts. And it shall be always upon his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful that if you were a proxy, that these people of God that are Christians would always be accepted before God. And that when God looked at them, he would not see them as they were. He would see them as they will be when they're redeemed. He, or he would see them as they were before they fell, uh, you know, from being open of angels. Uh, that is a total scriptural possibility and offering. And, and we can definitely have that. It, it is is just absolutely a sensational uh, offering. Okay, let's turn to... Um, oh, wait, I, I, I still didn't finish one other thing. Let's look at verse 39. And thou shalt embroider the coat of fine linen, thou shalt make the mitre of fine linen, and thou shalt make the girdle of needlework. So, when I, I think about this, uh, I see here in this revelation of the linen, I see the revelation of the lattice. And the lattice, you know, is like uh, the revelation of the needle's eye, of being able to go through the needle's eye. Uh, what is impossible with man, Jesus said, is possible with, with God. And when they're talking about how are we going to be able to go out there f and travel faster than the speed of light, you know, that's like the needle's eye. They don't understand this revelation of, of, of the Spirit and how that space is uh, can be collapsed. Uh, they don't understand this revelation that I was uh, ministering on uh, uh, last week when I was talking about collapsing the axiom constant. They don't, they don't know what that is. They don't understand how that works uh, and how that in getting into the spirit revelation you're able to do that. But I, I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if we will believe and we will pray and, and we will be determined and, and we'll be soldiers in our prayer uh, for these people, uh, that they will be accepted. And then as we get into this 
this this embroidered coat of fine linen, this lattice, and and uh, and as we, we we begin to make the the girdle, and ah, uh, there's a revelation of that, uh, and we make it of needlework, uh, like the needle's eye. Uh, you know, and then the 40th verse, at the last of the verse, it says, the reason you're doing this is for glory and for beauty. And and that is just so beautiful. And, and you know, for how long is this? Well, at the end of verse 42, or pardon me, verse 43, it says, it shall be a statue forever unto him and his seed after him. It, it is a continuum. And, and there is a revelation here that's a, that is a continuum that has this foreverness to it because it belongs to bringing people into the rapture of a new mind, the rapture of a new spirit, the rapture of new intentions, the rapture of a new faith, the rapture of a deeper relationship uh, with God, uh, the, the rapture and the blooming uh, of, of the love of God in your heart and in your mind and, and uh, bringing you into these Wonderful, wonderful, uh, you know, re- relationships. Blessed be the name of God. Okay. Now, I'm just amazed at how fast the time is going. And, and I, I'm so far from getting through this subject uh, of the pomegranate, much less to get into the, the part that I told people I want to talk on, which is about, uh, you know, uh, the thing of the... Um, uh, of, of, of the uh, evil spacecraft supposedly invading the United States and and uh, appearing as though they were coming uh, to rapture people, but they're actually uh, evil demons in the spacecraft. And, and then when they pick up people and get, in, get them in the ship, uh, they're like reptilians, and they begin to eat them, and, but leave a few alive so that they can take their bodies and, and, and use them to represent themselves as humans. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I'd like anybody to show me in the scripture uh, and break that down in the scripture, uh, you know, because that is not a teaching. Uh, I, can, I can show in the scripture a different teaching that, that what it really says is, is going to happen and how the war between the principalities of, of light and darkness are actually going to take place, how they're going to happen. But we are not going to get that covered today. Uh, we're going to have to go on with, uh, you know, the whispers of Satan uh, into, uh, you know, uh, number six, part six. But I want to remind you this thing of the whispers. Uh, you can, you know, really get into that in the 29th chapter of Isaiah where it talks about the whisper. And and you can get into it by looking in the 21st chapter of, um, of um, uh, Numbers, where it talks about the serpent, not the seraph, because that actually is talking about the seraphims, uh, which are holy angels. And you can prove that by looking up this, the seraphims in the 5th chapter of Isaiah, and then comparing that, uh, you know, with the, uh, the, um, the seraph, like they're sort of calling the serpent, in, in uh, you know, the, the 21st chapter of Numbers, which got skewed when the Masoretic priests in the, uh, um, you know, 6th uh, century uh, got involved of, um, of, of reintroducing some new um, types of, of, um, of uh, uh, vowel uh, inserts and some other kinds of special grammatical uh, notations. And it got changed, and, and I preached that uh, 
you know, recently, and there's some things we'll go over that again. But anyway, to make this point, uh, when you look in there and you look up those words of Satan, uh, you will find when you go to the root, that the root, one of the, the words that it describes of, of the serpent, of, of the satanic serpent, is the word whisperer, uh, to whisper. And, and that uh, because all of these other uh, terms uh, of serpent and Nahash uh, are part of that same root, then that root applies to every one of those other terms used to describe saint, Satan, and it is whisperer. So we have it in the 29th chapter of of, uh, of uh, the book of Isaiah. We have it in the uh, you know in the context of those words used to, to describe Satan. And and when the Bible tells us in Luke that God is going to make it so that we can tread the the, the head of the serpents, uh, he's talking about um, uh, as I said uh, before that that uh, prophecy in Genesis. In, in uh, which it says um, when God is speaking to the to the uh, uh, Gihon uh, person serpent and 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 Eve, and He says, um, you know that um, that He will cause uh, I will put enmity. This is the third chapter, fifteenth verse. Uh, between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Uh, and, 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 you know, this is part of the treading. Jesus said, you're going to tread the serpents. Uh, this is part of treading down these serpents. That's in the book of Luke. And, and, uh, and this thing of the whisper is an incredible revelation. And unfortunately, we need about four or five hours uh, to really preach uh, in the fullness because this thing with the pomegranate is just getting opened up. It's just, you know, the lattices are just opening up and, and I've got all kinds of other scriptures to go through and to reveal, you know, even things like that have to do at the top of the pillars that were called networks and that some that were made out of brass, out of brass uh, pomegranates and, and the meaning of that and, and then getting into the eyes uh, of the pomegranates and what those mean. You know, we have to defer all of that till next week and, and this... Uh, this uh, part uh, we want to get into, you know, about uh, the bells and, and the rings and what they mean and how they 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 connect. We want to get into the uh, the fringes of the thread, how that uh, by some they how that uh, cabology uh, wise uh, they are said to be symbolizing uh, the 613, uh, you know, uh, uh, additional laws. Uh, of the Jewish people, uh, when you take the 613 and you use quotum math and you add it, uh, the figures horizontally, you get the term 10, which is then equal to the 10 commandments of those 615, uh, you know, uh, additional, uh, you know, uh, laws or statutes, you know, and and uh, but there's many things like that that we want to get into. Uh, we want to get into some of the future things that they are doing with computers, uh, uh, chips that can see, and tie that into how uh, there is a, a significant uh, relationship uh, uh, in a sequential uh, parallel uh, of that to the, the uh, cluster of the uh, pomegranates and, and how that those clusters represent eyes. And we're going to get into all the scriptures 
that talk about that and that tell about that. Ah, what an exciting time that we have. And I don't really want to take this any longer because uh, I would have to open up one of these subjects uh, that is, you know, long and we can't, we can't, uh, we just can't conclude it in a few minutes. It's too long for that. But I want to take the time to tell you that we love you and to tell you that exciting things are happening. Uh, we are, yesterday I was on another a radio program and uh, there was a, a lot of interesting uh, people listening. Uh, it's a different station. Uh, I'm just going to be active on there uh, every other week, uh, ministering for a couple hours. And uh, there are a lot of people hungry and thirsty. And, and uh, I want to, you know, uh, more and more people to connect to this revelation because it has value. It has spiritual substance. Uh, there are a lot of people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but their capacity to hold the Spirit is just thimble, thimble deep. And God is wanting to show how that we can expand uh, our capacity so that we can hold a greater amount of the Spirit. So when we are filled with the Spirit, uh, we are talking a really Holy Ghost input. So I want to have prayer. Uh, I want to pray for people that are fighting all kinds of things. I want to do a little Gentile right now, and then we'll do after that, we'll do some prayer. I want to, I want to do Gentile uh, for uh, people that are fighting hormone problems. Uh, I've, I've had several people recently contact me just saying how messed up they are. So here we go. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to the hypothalamus to the thyroid, to the lymphatic gland, to the parasympathetic. Begin to deal over the corpus callosum. Begin to send vibrations down through the channelings of those connective parts of the corpus callosum to the various hemispheres. Begin to uh, further send those messages uh, into all the glandular uh, parts of the body, uh, including the thyroid, including uh, the uh, immune system. Uh, begin to send uh, uh, messages uh, into um, the body of people who are, are, are fighting with fatigue uh, due to part of the problems of the hormones not being able to connect into the receptors. Uh, begin to deal now uh, with the white blood, with the white blood cells, um, and begin to convey to those white blood cells um, the the engendering to begin to split and to begin to to re, uh, reproduce and to and to begin to uh, increase in number. Uh, so as to uh, increase uh, in uh, a person's capability of, of uh, having uh, strength, of having uh, ability to overcome fatigue, uh, of having uh, all kinds of, of ability uh, of stamina, uh, and, and the power through the immune system to overcome disease and, and germs. Uh, just begin this right now uh, through uh, the electro uh, wave 
provocation message uh, going into the whole uh, blood-making system and beginning to uh, concentrate in the white blood cells for their reproduction. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid, to the lymphatic gland, the parasympathetic, sympathetic neurotransmission system, send messages to the left hemisphere, to the to the to the brain center there that's involved in in uh, uh, various kinds of uh, dealing uh, with uh, uh, depression, uh, d- dealing uh, with. with um, all of the stresses uh, begin to begin to strengthen uh, that area of the brain, the left hemisphere, against uh, stress by creating anti-stress hormones uh, to be uh, in in number uh, in that area, and that whenever a stress hormone ar- arises, that it is snuffed out by those anti-stress hormones. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid to the lymphatic gland, begin to send messages to the rear brain of the spinal column and begin to to strengthen the whole network of the body, uh, including the, 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 the system of the body uh, that, that, that gives a person uh, special emphasis to react uh, to things that happen. Uh, both of the, the glands at the back of the body on the left and right hand side. We thank you, Lord, for this uh, Gentile. We thank you for this word that you sent out. Now we pray, God, for the world and the nations. We pray uh, for peace in this world. We pray for healing to people that are so sick. We pray for deliverance of people uh, uh, improperly bound in prison. We pray for deliverance of people from starvation. We pray for your mercy this day. God, we praise you. We thank you. God bless all of you people. Good night. There is a new uh, uh, thing on the dot com called Future Flash. You might want to read that. It's got some interesting things. I've got a new thing on there. Go to the dot uh, com uh, manifested uh, dot com, and at the top you'll see Future Flash. Check on that. Get into that. Read this latest thing I put on it. God bless you. Good night.